Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the 2018 premiere of the Daydon Tolbert Show. This is Ask Daydon Advice Hour, uh, first live show of the new year. I'm happy to be here. Um, there's obviously a lot going on. There's a lot to talk about. So I want to jump right into it, man. Um, I, I want to say I want to say a couple of things. First of all, Happy New Year. Uh, Merry Christmas. I wasn't uh, live since the Christmas uh, holiday season. So I just wanted to, you know, say, you know, again, Merry Christmas, everybody. You know, hopefully everyone got a chance to spend some time with family and friends and loved ones. And, you know, just it, it seems like this last year was challenging for a lot of people. Um, just with the, the presidential transition and just, you know, a lot of natural disasters and other types of disasters and tragedies. And so um, just, you know, continue to pray, continue to stay positive. Um, one thing that I wanted to, you know, it just put out there before I even got started was no matter what's going on, always remember to live life with an attitude of gratitude. Um, that's, that's like a little phrase that I use. Just whatever's going on, be thankful. Um, one of the things I, I try to tell you is that whatever is going on in your life or around you, it could always be worse and is worse for a lot of other people out there. I've been doing a lot of work with the homeless, uh, with, with underprivileged children, um, disenfranchised, like just so handicapped, uh, you know, just so many different things. And I look at my life and I'm like, wow, like my life isn't perfect, but there's literally nothing for me to complain about when I look at other people in their situations and just other people in the world, you know, just this, uh, yesterday there were, there were mudslides and people, you know, are, are losing loved ones and their whole homes are gone just like that. So just keep these things in mind. Um, you know, just be thankful, live life with that attitude of, uh, of gratitude. Um, guys, for 2018, the Daydon Tolbert show is, is brand new. And I say brand new, um, not necessarily because, of the content or anything like that, but because I'm going back to my roots. I'm going back to the foundation. Uh, many of you guys may remember about maybe 11, uh, 11 years ago at this point, maybe even 12, uh, I started the show. Um, and it was when I started, it was one night a week. How many of you guys remember what night that was? You see, my wife knows, you know, we used to joke about it, you know, it was Thursday nights at nine o'clock. And I used to just come on here and fumble through everything, and I was brand new at this. But, uh, yeah, Thursday nights at 9 is how this whole thing started. And so since then, because of the popularity and more listeners and just more content, more stuff to talk about, I expanded it to uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. It's at, at, at one point, uh, me and Joe were doing the show Monday through Friday. Um, and then at one point, I was just doing it every day. You could listen to rebroadcast, and we were live a lot of those days. So, um, But now, you know, just with, with family and different entrepreneurial ventures that I have going on, I'm, I'm going to do it, you know, every Thursday at, at 12 o'clock so that way you guys can know when to look for it. You guys can, you know I mean? I, but let me just say this real quick. Shout out to everybody who is still checking for it. Like I got people hitting me up. They're like, oh, you know, I listen to you on iTunes. Not, I listen to you on podcasts. No, I'm on a blog talk. Like I'm on your website. Like so many people are listen, listening different ways. And I just want to say I appreciate that. I appreciate the continued support. And um, But, yeah, so now I'm just going to stick with that centralized day and time, Thursdays, at, you know, at, at 12. Now, that's not to say I might not switch it up and, and, and give you all a few shows a week if I got things are going on. I still have that flexibility. But definitely, you're going to get at least one show 
a week. I can promise you that. So uh, so Thursdays at 12 o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern, but you guys can always check out the archives, uh, you know, like I said, iTunes and all that other stuff, however you listen to uh, different podcasts, things like that. Um, in fact, I was supposed to come back live last week, but we got hit with a huge, huge snowstorm here. I mean, let me stop. It wasn't huge, but we got hit with a snowstorm last last Thursday, so the kids were home, and so we were doing that. So, um, But, yeah, that's, so I'm here today. I got some good news, guys. Um, I, first of all, let me tell you what I'm going to be talking about today. Today I have a lot to talk about. I had a different uh, itinerary for today planned, but there's been a lot going on in the news. I want to talk about today the Golden Globe Awards. I want to talk about Oprah 2020. Everyone is, is throwing this name out there. Um, all of a sudden, I want to talk about her. I want to talk about Issa Rae. Uh, many of you may know one of my, one of my most, the shows that I'm most proud of in, in the show's history is my, uh, my, my two-night special or two-part special on uh, Insecure and just kind of going through each season and just breaking down that character and what we see from her and, and all the characters and how that really accurately illustrates the, the, the landscape of dating and relationships in today's society. So, you know, check those shows out if you missed them. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I want to talk about her and, and her uh, nomination for Insecure at the Golden Globes. I want to talk a little bit about Donald Trump. You know, we got to talk about Trump uh, a little bit today. Uh, I want to talk about H&M. Everyone is talking about the H&M uh, advertisement that was in poor taste, showing a young black boy uh, with, a, with a sweatshirt on that said, coolest monkey in the jungle. I want to just give my thoughts on that. Everyone's talking about it. I want to share my thoughts and opinions on that. And then lastly, I want to talk about just how to find love in 2018. If you guys remember, if you guys have been tuning in, historically, I generally try to start the new year off, really what I believe everyone is put here for, which is love. You know, it's not, you know, to be happily single. It's not to excel in your career. It's not, I mean, those are great things. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, we are all here to love to be happy, you know, you know, I believe your children are a blessing. I don't, I don't think there's anyone who genuinely does not want that lifestyle. Maybe through hurt, pain, and resentment, you know, you've come to have a negative um, understanding or, or vision of what that looks like, of, of marriage or the foundation of a, a household. And maybe that, your experience was negative with that, but no one organically doesn't want love. No one organically doesn't want uh, happiness and to be, you know, to be with someone that they can really say, you know, I love you, I trust you, and uh, let's live happily ever after. So I'm going to talk a little bit today about how to, exactly how to get that from an emotional standpoint, from a social media standpoint, from a, uh, I mean, just a few, many different standpoints, uh, things to do, things not to do. And, um, yeah, and that's, that's what it is. So I have, before I even jump into any of that, though, because like I said, I have a lot to talk about, I have a huge announcement, guys, and I'm so excited. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to share my good news with you. And I've been posting on, online, I've been posting on social media, but my new book is actually coming out in 2018. That's a guarantee. Um, a lot of people have been asking me about it, and, you know, and so, and let me just tell you guys briefly what the delay in that was. 
Um, in a few years ago, I, I put out, I, I was working on a book and still kind of working on a book called How to Win the Heart of an Elite Man in 10 Days or Less. And I, 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 was, almost, I was about maybe three quarters of the way done. But then, honestly, all jokes aside, God put on my heart a different story to tell, a different book, a different direction to go in. And that is actually the, the, the title of my new book is entitled Redefining Greatness, The Virtuous Woman's Guide to Love. And what I'm doing is it's really going to be like a double book because what I'm doing is I'm actually combining the first book with the new book. So all of that content is, if that was in the other one. Uh, is going into the new project, and, and I'm so excited because that's all I do now. Like, I haven't been going out. I've been, like, just really working on it literally 24-7. It's going to be – and I'm not – you know, this isn't a shot on anybody or anything, but there's nothing out there like this. Listen to what I'm saying. There's never been a book put out like this. There's going to be a lot of books put out similar to this after – because the, the impact it's going to have. But there's, no, there's nothing out there. There's no relationship book that's this comprehensive. There's in, nothing that you can think of in regards to dating and relationships uh, is, is, is out there. You know what I'm saying? You're going to see everything in this book. You're gonna, the first, it's really broken up into two halves. The first part is, is all about women, all right? It's all about women. It's about what we look for as far as your personality, respectability, emotional availability, um, you know, uh, soul ties, uh, how to overcome lies of the enemy, how to overcome a fear of being alone, emotional, like there's so much stuff in this, you know what I'm saying, and how to overcome so many different things, daddy issues. Nothing you can think of is not in this book, okay? There's nothing that you can think of that you won't find in this book in regards to dating and relationships, like I guarantee that. And then the second part is all about men as far as what we look for, uh, the, the three stages that men go through, uh, how we feel about sex, why we cheat, why men do the thing, like everything you can think of as far as your questions about how men think, why we do things we do, how we operate, like it's all in the second part of the book. So I say all that to say, again, Redefining Greatness, The Virtuous Woman's Guide to Love is an absolute must-have um, period. I mean, that is, it is. And so, so look out for it, but, you know, I'll, I'll keep you posted on, on the progress, but just know that that's what I've been working on. You guys haven't heard me doing a lot of shows lately or doing different things, not being online as much. That's what I've been doing. Um, I'm really excited about, I'm not sure. I, I don't, I haven't been this excited about any project that I've done in my life. Just cause I know what it, what it is. Like, if you if you like this show, if you like my advice, like literally, like and I'm sorry, this is the last thing I'm gonna say about literally every piece of advice on social media on this show is going to be in one book. And I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, like I'm not one of those guys. I'm an author. I do this is what I like love to do, but I don't plan on writing a lot of books. If I write another book, it's not gonna be a book like this. Like this is it. I'm putting my heart and soul into this book. So. Like, I only want to do this one time. So it's everything that you're going to need is going to be in one book. I may write a few novels after this, you know what I'm saying, things like that. But as far as relationship stuff, this is going to be it. That way, if people want to debate, if people have questions, get the book. So look out for it. I'm excited about it. Hopefully you guys are too. Also, real quick, follow me on uh, YouTube. I've been doing more YouTube videos. 
YouTube.com uh, slash AskDadon. Check me out there. And, um, you know, just follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm going to start doing a lot more stuff on social media as well. Um, just different types of social media, like Facebook Lives and videos and things like that in the, in the future. Also, too, real quick, happy Founders Day to my uh, brothers of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Our Founders Day was July 9th. So shout out to all the brothers, all the sorors who showed love on that on that day. Um, you know, I've been here, I've been online, and um, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about New Year's resolutions, and I'm going to do this differently, and this and that. Listen, I'm not in the New Year's resolutions, okay? Like, and I don't feel like anybody should be. I mean, if you want to change your life, then change your life. If you want to improve on things, and improve on things, and just let that just be it. Just be an improvement, you know what I'm saying, on the previous year. But you don't have to have a, a New Year's resolution. Just like I'm not in a diet. People say well, I'm on a diet right now. Don't be on a diet. Just change your eating habits. See, diets are are temporary. You lose the weight, then you gain the weight. But if you change your lifestyle, that that weight is going and it ain't coming back. If you if you have a New Year's resolution, typically it's temporary. And you usually go back to what you were doing prior to the resolution. So just change your life. Just be better. Be a better person than what you were in 2017. That, that would be my advice. Um, yeah, so <laughs> one of the things that I'll say about 2018, and I, I, I used to be guilty of this to a certain extent. I was never super into it, um, but astrology. I said on Facebook uh, yesterday, I said, you know, it's 2018. I said that if you're grown and still relying on astrology to determine relationship compatibility, I need you to stop. And that's the hashtag I've been using for uh, the last few years. Now just, just stop. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, not, not only does the, the Bible speak specifically about how, you know, astrology is, is a sin and is of the devil, it's not, you know, something that we as Christians should be, even be uh, thinking about or participating in. I mean, aside from that, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a Sagittarius. Like, you know, oh, whoop-de-doo. So does that mean I have to, you know, act a certain way or people should expect me to act? No, it doesn't mean anything, guys. You know, that's like walking down the street and somebody say, oh, no, walk on this. I don't split the pole. It doesn't, listen, it doesn't matter if you split the pole. None of this stuff matters, okay? If you're a Sagittarius you want to date a Leo or, or Aquarius, or any other freaking sign, it doesn't matter. It's not going to change your life. It's not going to affect how you get along with that person. What you have to do is you got to look at that person's spiritual walk with God. You know what I'm saying? Are you evenly yoked? I mean, think about it. You hear more people talking about astrology and what's your sign than you do, yo, what's your, what's your religion? You know what I mean? It's like, yo, what, what do you, what, what's your, what's your, are you a cancer? Who cares? Are you a Christian? Let's start asking these questions, and I think that will – I think once we start doing that and putting more stock in the Bible and, and, and how people actually view God and their relationship and their walk with God, that's how we're going to start seeing these relationships being successful, all right? But, yeah, all this astrology stuff, you know, is uh, – you know, to me, it's, it's – not only is it a sin, but it's just not fruitful. And I'll even say this, too. I mean, even stuff like astrology and, and uh, uh, you know, psychics, like all that stuff, I, 
it can actually be accurate sometimes, but you got to be careful with that stuff because even though something may be accurate, you know, you somebody might read your palm or here, let's do these tarot cards. Listen, there's there are things like demonic spirits, right? I mean, that, that's not you don't want people sowing evil into your life. Oh, I see in this in your future. That's someone sowing into your future. You don't want that, especially if it ain't you know of God. So keep that keep that in mind. Um, shout out to my homie Tone. Shout out to my homie Brandon. We went over to uh, Costa Rica and uh, uh, for my birthday. I actually turned forty. Uh, in December, shout out to me. Thank you for all of the birthday wishes, birthday shout outs, calls, text messages, Facebook posts, inbox, whatever, all that stuff. Um, I appreciate it. I saw every one of them. I appreciate them all. Uh, but yeah, we went out to Costa Rica out there and um, it just had a really great time. You know, I had never been there and um, it was cool just, you know, talking to the fellas, relaxing on the beach. Um, you know, we, we went ATVing, you know, I had a near-death experience, you know. And let me just say, I mean, you know, I'm joking about it, but it's really not funny. Like I said, I, had a, I took a little spill on, on the ATV, and, and it could have actually been a lot more serious than, than what it was. So I thank God for that. I thank God for life. Um, but, you know what I'm saying, it was, just, it was just a fun time, fun time to be out there. And, and I saw the news, I get back a couple of weeks later. I don't know if you guys saw the news, it was like 15 Americans. Were, were killed in, in a plane crash in Costa Rica, right where we were at. Like the plane crashed right where we were ATVing through. Like it's crazy. It was like Guanacaste, Costa Rica, and 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 our hotel is Rio Guanacaste. Like that's where we were at. So you know, just just be thankful for life. You know, be thankful for blessings. Uh, be thankful for favor, because you never know. You know what could happen. All right. I want to talk a little bit. Oh, let me, because I, I, it was something I wanted to say about Costa Rica. And, and not just there, but everywhere interna- internationally. We live in a society that is extremely media driven. And, and it's so obvious. It's like you go, like, for example, let me give you this. If you look at everyone here, everyone is so in tune. Like, everyone has an opinion. It's very political, politically based here, like the, the presidential race was huge, uh, politics is huge, like everyone is just so focused on Trump's daily moves, Trump's daily actions, and even every administration. And it's like, and not only are they in tune with what's going on, but they are, <clears throat> excuse me, they are passionate, and, and in many cases, angry, and, uh, cases, angry. And what you have to realize is that that is not a natural emotion. Okay, what is what we are seeing and what we are often feeling is being planted in us by media, by the media, all right, by CNN, by NBC, MSNBC, Fox News, whatever it is, we are being brainwashed one way or another. They and that's just what me, the media does. That's the media's role here in in the Western Hemisphere. Okay, that it's their job to instill fear. It's their job to instill panic. Uh, and that and use that as a way to control the masses and to influence and, and manipulate the masses, and that's exactly what's being done here. So what, it, it is really great and refreshing to go away to other countries where the United States media is not as prevalent. It doesn't 
their hand does not reach that far out there to the extent that it does here where they're brainwashing. That's why you go to these other countries and everyone is so calm. Everyone is so laid back. Everyone is so friendly because they're not being poisoned. They're not being brainwashed and manipulated. You know what I mean? And so I, I for me, I don't even rely on the CNN, the new, like all that stuff is garbage. You know, it's funny. Denzel says, and I'll never forget this. He said um, in an interview, he was like, if you watch the news, you'll be misinformed. But if you don't watch the news, you'll be uninformed. So it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You watch it, you're being lied to and manipulated. If you don't watch it, you really have no idea what's going on. So I just encourage people to find um, independent sources of, of media. You know, I mean, it, it's, you know what I'm saying? Or even if you choose to watch the news, don't just take it as, Facts. Don't just sit back. Oh, Jake Tapper said this. Oh, uh, you know whoever said this. You know Lester Holt reports it. So oh, this must be what's going on in Syria. This must automatically be go. What's be going on in the White House? A lot of it is fake. It's fake news. You know, it's funny because what's really funny is that that term fake news has become kind of cliche. And it's become kind of like a. I don't know what people want to call it, like, oh, you just – no, but the news, most of the news, a lot of the news is actually fake news. Like, it's really not news. And a lot of people don't understand the media makes money from that stuff. When you click on something, when you turn on your TV, when you're glued to the TV all day, when you go on a website, they get paid from that stuff. How do you get people to go – how do I get pe- you guys to listen to the show? I post an ad that says something hopefully you guys want to hear about. So you tune in. Well, that's the same thing CNN does. The only difference is I'm not, you know what I'm saying? They're getting paid. They're getting paid for that stuff. They're getting millions and millions of dollars. But the problem with that is, is the truth is not what's going to sell. Controversy sells. Sex sells. Scandal sells. Even if there's no scandal, guess what we got to do? We got to create a scandal. And so, you know, I would just, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Turn off your TV for a month. You know, go take a vacation for a week and see how happy you are when you're over there, when you're away from all the social media and the mainstream media. You will come back refreshed just like I did. I feel great right now. I'm still refreshed from, from that week I was away. All right? What else is going to be? So, but, I mean, now that I'm back, we got to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Donald Trump. Let's talk about it real quick. I'm going to talk about a lot of stuff today, but Trump, he's in the news right now. Uh, there's a new book called what, Fire and Fury, and I don't follow the author or know anything about that. He seems like, a, you know, an idiot. Now, listen, he, his whole thing is Donald Trump is mentally unstable to be in the White House and this and that. Listen, newsflash, guys. You all Listen, listen. Listen, I'm no fan of Donald Trump, guys. Right. I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. I didn't vote for Donald Trump, okay? I'm not, I don't give, I don't care about Donald Trump, all right? I don't care about the United States government. I know about it, but it's not something that I am emotionally invested in because it is not something that I have any control over. It is not something that I can change. I understand that, okay? Donald Trump is 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 most likely mentally unstable. Any listen, anyone who sits into an office, okay, and can say we are going to bomb this 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 venue, 
building. There's a hospital right here. I believe a terrorist is in that building, okay, just like Obama did, okay? They said, well, so what do you mean? You think he's in there? Yeah, I think the number one target of al-Qaeda, or the number one target of ISIS is in this, this hospital right here. We need him dead. If we don't get him, millions of, or thousands may die, hundreds may die. Say, okay, well, are you sure he's in there? Well, you know what, Obama, you know what, Trump? I'm not sure. Like, I'm not certain that he's in this hospital, but I think that he is. You know, we think that he is, and this may be the best opportunity we have to get this person. So what we, what are our, okay, fine, what are our options? Well, we can let him go and hope we find him another time, or we can just drop this, this missile via drone strike on the hospital and take out and take him out. Okay, well, is the hospital empty? Well, uh, sorry, you know, Bush. Sorry, Obama. Nah, it's not empty. It's actually fully packed. Um, there's that. Well, what's the what's the estimated amount of casualties in addition to this high value target? Well, we can. You know, it probably be a few hundred casualties. Well, who are these people? Are these is it a military hospital? Are these soldiers? Are, no, sorry. There's, there's actually there's some children in there. There's actually families. Oh well, you know what? What the hell? Let's just go ahead. Do it. Press the button. Go ahead. All right. I don't care if you're Barack Obama. I don't care if you're Donald Trump. I don't care if you're George Bush. I don't care if you're Oprah Winfrey in 2012. I don't care who you are. There's something wrong inside when you when you are willing to do that. When you're willing to bomb, knowingly bomb innocent families and women and children that have nothing to do with a war, a wedding, a hospital, whatever it is, and, and that's what you're willing to do. To, to kill someone who, in all actuality, you really know it, you're, you're fighting in a fake war, a, a, a United States orchestrated war, you know what I'm saying, done specifically for financial and, and political advancement, there's something mentally unstable about you. And that's any president. When you are the president of the United States, those are the, the, the decisions that you have to make. And so, no. Donald Trump is a, is not right in the head. Barack Obama is not right in the head. George Bush, damn sure, wasn't right in the head. But what you have to understand is to be the president of the United States, I don't care who you are, you're going to be mentally unstable. You are darn sure not going to be a Christian. You're not going to be living life from a godly standpoint. You, you know what I'm saying? You will have sold out and sold your soul to the powers that truly run this company, which is the corporations, the billionaires, the special interest groups, the the, uh, the lobbyists, you know what I'm saying? That's who, who really makes the decisions. You're just a figurehead that is allowing himself to be used as a pawn and as a puppet to, to further their interests. So no, no one who willingly and knowingly puts themselves into that position can be classified as being right in the head. The problem with Donald Trump is He's just more outspoken than a lot of these other presidents have been. He tells you everything that's on his mind, whereas a lot of these other people, like Obama, like different people, they just kind of move in silence. They do their dirt behind closed doors. They're not as bold, all right? And that's what people need to understand. That's what the media will not tell you. That's what you won't see on CNN. But these people are not good people. And that's just that, that whole bombing analogy, that's just one of Many, 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 many evil things that the United States government does. Listen, the United States government, guys, is inherently evil. 
I mean, that, that should not be a, a, a question or a debate for anyone. We are not a good country. We are viewed as we are viewed as terrorists by just like everyone else in the world. We are a corrupt nation. We are a racist nation. These are facts. We are corrupt and racist. So I don't care who you are, whether you're a black man, whether you're a black woman, whether you're a white man in the office, it doesn't matter. You still run a corrupt and racist organization. You cannot be the president of the United States without having that agenda in mind. You will not be elected, and if you are elected and you choose to deviate from that, that's when you get a bullet into your head. The, 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 uh, the presidents of this country change, but the agenda stays the same. The media twists it up. Oh, Republicans are bad and Democrats are good and this and that. No, no, no. Presidents are bad. This country is bad. The government is bad, period. Oprah in 2020. I got a lot to say about Oprah. Now, listen, listen. I, I, I don't have what would be classified as a problem with Oprah Winfrey. Okay, the same way I don't have a problem with Donald Trump. I don't have a problem with anyone unless they personally disrespect me or my family or people that I care about. Donald Trump is somebody who got in office. First of all, he was someone who ran for office and literally told you exactly what he's going to do. Okay, he told you he's going to to build a wall. He told you he's going to lower taxes. He told you he's going to put in place significant immigration reform. He told you a lot of different things that he's going to do, uh, improve trade, um, really stop taking a lot of crap from his country. And, and, and that is exactly what he's doing. Now, a lot of that stuff I don't agree with that. Some of the stuff I do agree with, okay? But regardless whether you love him or hate him, he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do. Unlike many presidents that get into office, say they're going to do one thing and do something totally different. That's one thing Donald Trump is doing is exactly what he said he was going to do. And that was many people's stupidity for allowing him, you know what I'm saying, to get into office. Although, you know, like I said, it's these, these, these processes are already determined. But if you sat back and didn't vote and you sat back and just kind of like whatever, you know what I'm saying, you really can't be but so mad. So I, I'm saying that to say Donald Trump let it be known who he was and what he represented. Now, Oprah Winfrey is the same exact way. And this is, you know, she probably won't even run, to be honest with you. Um, but, aside, I mean, let's just say she does. If Oprah Winfrey run, runs for president, you she has been in the public eye, just like Donald Trump has, for decades. So we have a pretty good idea of what her views are, right? Like we know how she feels about a lot of, not everything, which I'm going to talk about, but a lot of things we kind of know what she feel, how she feels. So if she gets in office and you feel, you feel those things that she's passionate about, then cool, vote for it, whatever. You know what I mean? Just like the, people, the Republicans did when they were, they were obviously feeling certain things that Donald Trump was talking about. So they voted for him. That's what it was. So you people can vote for who they want to vote for based on their beliefs and what they're passionate about. But here's what one of the things that I remember about Oprah. I said online, I said not too long ago, Oprah was spreading foolishness 
about how there were many, many ways to God and how you don't need Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter if you call him Jesus Christ, Buddha, Allah, or anyone else. You know, and I said, whoa, Oprah, that's kind of that's kind of weird. Well, it's not weird, but it darn sure isn't Christian. And so for me, it doesn't line up with my beliefs. I believe, and I, you know, I follow the teachings of the Bible. And for me, the teachings of the Bible say, you know what I'm saying, there's one way to God, and his name is Jesus Christ. One way to heaven, his name is Jesus Christ. And there is no other God. So when I look around, whether it's politically, whether it's social media, I want to be around people who believe what I believe. And so if I have anything to do with it, that's who I'm going to vote for. I would never vote for someone like Oprah Winfrey for president. Never. I wouldn't even really be friends with somebody like that. Like that. Because, like, you're just like, when you, for me, and I'm, maybe I'm a little bit different, but, like, when you tell me it does, Jesus Christ, there is no Jesus Christ, or that name doesn't matter, and you can call it Jesus all these different names. I mean, that's how you feel, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's kind of disrespectful. That's kind of like a little aggressive. That's a little, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not not feeling it. And so I I cannot, I'm not feeling that to the point where I can endorse you because I know there's a lot of other stuff that comes, a lot of political stuff that comes along with those types of views. You know what I'm saying? Because it is, it's not right, but it is. You know, that's how it is. So it's like, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, if you're not a Christian, then that that believes you're going to be extra lenient, like Obama was, on this transgender crap. You're going to be extra lenient on gay rights. You're going to be extra lenient on things like abortion legislation and, and, and all types of stuff. You guys look around, you guys are following the news. But Satanism, like, and I, and I say Satanism, I mean the, the Church of Satan, you know, which is an, an actual real church or real organization, they are growing and growing and growing, and they are fighting in the legal system, in the judicial system, on, on their ability to, to move their uh, curriculum, their, their, their teachings into the classroom. And it's already happening in many states. They're having statues erected. In, in, in major cities, Sat- actual satanic statues, and, 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 and we have fourth graders and fifth graders learning about Satanism, the Church of Satan, the same way they learn about uh, Islam and Christianity and all these different things. Because they're like, whoa, if we can teach about Ramadan, but y'all got off for Ramadan and you got off for Christmas, then why can't we have off? So these are battles that are not going to be fought on social media. These are battles that are being fought in the courts. And so... If you if you are if you're a Christian, then I already know you're not going to support that type of legislation. If that's what you you put first, you're not going to support that type. But if you're someone like Oprah, you're someone like Barack Obama, who's more lenient and more you know what I'm saying, not as spiritually based with your legislative decisions, you you're going to be putting stuff out there. I'm not going to be feeling that's not going to be best for us as a nation and, and spiritually. Now, for many people, that's not important to you. What's important to you is what your tax returns look like, what the economy is like, and, and, and you know, taxes. and different. I mean, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? I'm not knocking that. 
But for me, I'm not going to put my financial well-being over my spiritual well-being. And I'm not going to vote for a candidate who, who, who is going to maybe make my pockets a little better if they're going to really put this nation backwards spiritually. I'm not going to do that if, if possible. Everyone's saying, oh, yeah, you know, I, don't, I wish this and that about Donald Trump. But I'll be honest with you, I would rather have Donald Trump in office than Hillary Clinton in office because if Clinton was in office or really any Democrat was in office right at this point, oh, man, imagine, just imagine how much legislation would be passed right now, you know, transgender stuff, homosexuality, like all types of stuff, evil things. If, if, and I'm, I, mean, I mean, people, I watch this, though. I've been on Facebook, but I watch stuff. Look how much legislation not Trump has put in. I'm looking at what he's blocked through. You guys know when Obama was in office, people, uh, people who identified themselves as transgender could just walk into a, a woman's bathroom and use that bathroom. Didn't matter if you were an actual transgender, even though what the heck does that even mean? But if you classify yourself as transgender, you could use the woman's bathroom. So my, I'm at an amusement park, and my six-year-old daughter has to go to the bathroom, and I see some big old dude walking in, per, some perverted bastard, you know, sitting next to my daughter and, and uh, going to the bathroom. I'm not feeling that. That's what Obama put in the place. That's what Trump took out of place. You understand that? That's the type of stuff that's important to me, and it should be important to you. So I don't know how Oprah Winfrey is going to affect that type of legislation, although we can imagine. We can, you know, it's not hard to guess. And I wouldn't be surprised if we have a Democratic president in 2000. That the media frenzy surrounding Trump is such that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they go all out and make sure, no matter who it is, you, so, you know, somebody like Oprah Winfrey gets in there. So you put somebody up that can't lose. You put together a ticket that can't be beaten. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's my views on Oprah. I watched her speech. And, and this is the question I have, though. The question that I have about Oprah is not that it wasn't a good speech. I mean, it was a nice speech. She gave props to Sidney Poitier. Um, she talked about just just where how far we've come as a people in the entertainment industry. I mean, you know, that's all fun. My question is though, you know, what does any of that have to do with being president? No, I mean, I'm just asking. I'm not. You know, what I'm saying like I'm not accusing her, or, or I'm just really asking a question. What does any of that have to do with being the president? Talking about gender equality, racial equality. Um, women's rights, you know, the Time's Up movement, the Me Too movement, you know, not allowing you, not staying silent, not allowing to, uh, men to take advantage of you. How does any of that translate to being able to de-escalate tensions with North Korea? How does any of that translate to trade deals with China? What does Me Too have to do with putting in place education uh, reform, vet, uh, immigration reform, uh, veterans' benefits, a, a United States veteran, these warriors that go to battle for these fake wars, 
one of them kills themselves every 20 minutes? How, do, how does Oprah's speech translate to stopping one of these veterans that gave their life for our country? How does that translate? I don't, I don't think it does. Now, that's not to say that she couldn't do a good job, you know, but if, you know what I'm saying? Like, but how does it automatically translate to that? It doesn't. Okay? It does not. Now, I could see if she says, okay, guys, I'm going to run for president. Then the first logical question should be, well, what's your platform like? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are you running on? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what kind of president are you going to be? You can't expect this just to vote, just to vote. Like I told you, Donald Trump put his platform out there. Some people were feeling it. Some people were not feeling it. But what he's doing now in office is lining up with what he said was his platform. So, Oprah, what is your platform going to be? And these are all questions that if she decides to do it. But that's, that would be, I can't say I'm going to vote for it. There are people, celebrities, there are people saying, hey, uh, so if Oprah Winfrey ran for president in 2020, would you vote for her? Oh, yeah, definitely, sure, absolutely. The heck? Why? How do you know that? You don't even know what her, what, her, what her platform is. You don't even know, like, what's your plan for the economy? Oprah could get in there and be like, no, nah, I'm going to, you know, raise everyone's taxes by 20% so we can get this national debt down. Now, you may or may not be feeling that. But if that's what she decides to do, you, you sure you still want to vote for her? <laughs> People are, are mindless zombies. They are mindless zombies walking. You ever see Walking Dead or some of these others? I don't watch that. But just shows like that, like they're freaking zombies, Frankenstein just walking around mindless. They just follow whatever the idiot box tells them to do. Oh, yeah, over 2000. Oh, yeah, I'm voting. Without, I mean, without, with no knowledge whatsoever, no knowledge whatsoever of what she plans on doing. I could, re- you know, I could reinstate the draft. I'm going to make it so that all transgenders, you know, can just run wild and, you know, I, you know, these Satanists, yeah, I don't really follow that, but, you know, I think they should be able to be in schools. That's fair. Let's let them, let's let them expand their, their, their reach and their voice. I'm not feeling that crap. That, like I said, I don't know if that's what she plans on doing, but what if she does? You still going to vote for them? What kind of immigration reform does she want to, does she want to put in place? Or, or does she not want to put anything in place, like Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama? We've gone decades without any significant immigration reform. We have a serious problem with immigration here in this country. You know what I'm saying? And the irony, the irony with all this is that Obama deported more immigrants than any president in the history of this country without putting any significant leg- immigration legislation in place. You're just getting everybody out of here. And the irony is that people are talking about Trump and, and this whole immigration thing. Obama deported more immigrants than any president in the history of this country. And that's with no legislation. You know what I'm saying? So these are all things that I would like to hear from not just Oprah, but anyone who says, you know what, I'm unhappy with what Donald Trump is doing, and so this is what I plan on doing. Because that's what we're not hearing. Everybody's got an opinion. But nobody is stepping up and saying, you know what, this is what I want to do to change it. All right? And, and, and I'll, last thing I'll say about it is when, because someone will come at some point, when that person steps up, whether it's Oprah or whoever else, please just make sure that who you vote for and that who you support 
lines up with your spiritual beliefs. And I, maybe I, I would never, I would never hold public office because I know I could not be a unbiased um, politician. For me, my spiritual beliefs trump everything. I'm not going to vote against my spiritual beliefs for political advancement the way Barack Obama did. I would never say, because someone told him, he came, in no way, he came out and said, you know what? As a Christian, I do not support homosexuality. I do not support, you know, I believe marriage is between a man and a woman. Someone told him at some point after that, if you want to get in office, if you want to continue to be in office, you can't say that. That was the last time Obama said that. Guess what? If I was president and if I was in politics, that's what I would say, and that's what I would continue to say, and then that's what legislation I would support. The same thing he said back in 08 when he was Senator Barack Obama is that I believe that homosexuality, I mean, excuse me, that marriage is between a man and a woman, and I cannot support any you know, legislation that goes against that. That's what he said as senator. As president, it's a whole different story. All right? But again, that's why I couldn't be president. One of the, and I'll tell you guys something. I, I, have a, I really liked and would not have at all had a problem with Marco Rubio being president. I would have preferred Rubio in office than Trump. I would, if I could have picked somebody, I would have picked him. He was someone of Hispanic origin. He was someone that appears as much as, you know what I'm saying, appears to have a, a good relationship with, with, with Jesus, and he frequently spoke about him on the campaign and, and, how, and, and how that his spiritual beliefs often influenced his, his voting record and things like that. And so that's somebody who, I, who really stood out to me. And I'm not a Republican, but he's someone who, you know what I'm saying, who I, I kind of identify with more than anyone else. And it's really unfortunate that he did. And I would, I would love to see him run in 2020. You know what I'm saying? But, and that's just my thoughts. Like, listen, guys, people like to assume things and people like to say things. If you see me criticizing Hillary Clinton or Obama, that doesn't automatically mean I support who's in office. I'll tell you, trust me, I will tell you my thoughts. If I don't do anything else in this world, I will tell you what I believe. You know what I mean? You don't have to, oh, he, he supports Donald Trump. He's a, you don't got to, you, you can know for sure. At some point, I will tell you exactly how I feel about politics and everything else. You know what I'm saying? No flip-flopping, no backtracking. This is how I feel, and, and whoever doesn't like it, it is what it is. All right? Let's talk a little bit about these uh, protests. H&M is a, is a company, you know, in, in a lot of the malls where they kind of specialize in, in, you know, women's clothes, and the, the clothes that they have for men is kind of, you know, uh, more tight, form-fitting, skinny jeans and all that type of stuff. I'm not into that. I bought certain things from there, but I always found that they just didn't fit me the way I wanted them to. Um, so I mean, before I say anything, I said online, I said all men should be boycotting Facebook before, but aside from the ad and all that stuff, just because it's, it's really for gay men. Let's just be honest. It's not straight men that, that shop at H&M. Okay? I'm just, you know, that just is what it is. Um, now, recently they put out you know, first there was the Dove ad, and I, I did a whole show on that. I told you guys my thoughts. 
that, that is, I did not feel like that was a racist ad. That was more clickbait. That was more stuff to get people riled up and, and, and more media manipulation to get, you know, get people riled up to incite the race with that's really distracting from the real issues that plague us as a community. That's, that was not a racist ad. They took a portion of the ad, didn't, you know, as a, of a, a black woman, you know, turning into a white woman. But what they didn't show you was the white woman turning into a Chinese woman, similar to that Michael Jackson black or white video where you saw all types of races turning into you know, someone else or something else, you know what I'm saying? It's like, come on, everything isn't racist. Now, um, this H&M ad is a different story. I do believe that some – but, see, a lot of people don't realize a lot of this stuff is done for a purpose. You, can, I've been in marketing. I've been in advertising before. There, this, this stuff is checked. It's double-checked. It's, you know, you get, hey, what do you think about this? It's sent to this thing. There is no way possible that no one saw that and said, you know what, this is not okay. But we live in a society where no matter how they may make it look, some publicity, even bad publicity, still translates to being publicity. You know what I'm saying? A lot of that being free publicity. Okay, and there's no way that they did not do that on purpose. Someone knew. They said, you know what, this is going to be – see, that's, we live in a society where it's, okay, how far can I push the envelope before I rip it? You, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's the, that's the age that we live in. It's like, how far can we go? You know, how much is too much? Well, let's, let's do it and find out. And they did it. You know, and now it's, it's, but it's like people will do just that. They'll do it and do it and do it and do it. You know what I'm saying? With the hope of making millions and having it being this smash media campaign. But then sometimes, every once in a while, it just kind of fails and it backfires, but it's still publicity. People are still buying Dove Soap. People are still watching the NFL. People are still going to shop at H&M. You know what I'm saying? It's, nothing is going to change, okay? But they put out. This, this, this sweatshirt, the sweatshirt in and of itself is really not the problem. I think we can all agree. There was a marketing campaign that was with you. The sweatshirt itself is coolest monkey in the jungle. Now, you know, that's not a problem if you put little Tommy, you know, up on the, in, in the sweatshirt on the advertisement. We wouldn't even be talking about it right now. If, if it was a white boy in the sweatshirt, that's a coolest monkey in the jungle. No one would care. So the sweatshirt itself is not the problem. The problem was the marketing campaign behind it. They said, you know what, we're going to put a black boy in this, and that's, you know, and, and we're going to do it to be racist. I'm not, I don't want you all to think that this was not, like, like I said, again, this was specifically done with, with racism in mind. Don't get that twisted. You know what I'm saying? So that's what they did, and I believe that I'm glad they took it off. They took the ad down. The sweatshirt is no longer available. But the problem with this is people are still talking about H&M. There are people out here who will go into H&M this weekend just to see stuff. And guess what? When they go in there, they're going to buy stuff. You know what I mean? That's how we live. We can talk about this stuff all day, but we live in a society where it's all BS. 90% of the stuff you see on TV, you know, how many people remember that people say, oh, yeah, 
I'm not going to Florida anymore. I'm not vacationing in Florida anymore. No more South Beach, no more Miami Beach. I'm not going to Florida anymore because of Trayvon. How long did that last? Guess what? Spring break, people are still going to Florida. Guess what? People are still, I got dove soap right in my freaking bathroom right now, and so do you. You understand that? Everyone has it. This stuff is not, people are still watching NFL, Eagles play, home field events. Guess what? I'm watching it. I'm going to talk about Colin Kaepernick. Um, even though I've talked about him in the past, but I still want to talk about him a little, little, little bit more. People like to talk. Everyone talks on social media. That's what social media is for, for talking. None of this stuff, man. Everyone's talking, talking, talking about Donald Trump. They didn't even freaking vote. They did not vote for Trump. They didn't vote for Hillary. They didn't vote in the midterm election. You know what I'm saying? They never vote in the midterm election. They're not going to vote in these. Like, it's just people don't. They just talk. Okay. And so H&M is what it is. I, I really don't – I mean, like I said, it was a racist ad. The ad has been taken down, and that's the end of it. You know what I mean? Now, I hear Diddy, Diddy says he wants to give a million-dollar contract. He offered a million-dollar contract to the young black kids. Okay, cool. Great, Diddy. That's what's up. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't have a problem with the kid. I don't have a problem. You know what I'm saying? Although, although I will say, and I, I saw something online. I don't know if this was real. But it said that the mother was. She posted something talking about some. Yeah, we got a check and this and that. People need to lighten up. I don't know if that was real or not, but I did see something from the mother. I mean, if anything, we got to ask the parents. Like, yo, why are you allowing your kid to be projected in this way? You know what I'm saying? Now, a lot of times, I I know how marketing works. A lot of people don't know this. A lot of times, when you're a model, you sign a modeling contract. For your image. I don't know if this is the case here, but I'm just saying a lot of times in the modeling industry, you sign away your likeness, your image and your likeness. That means that that company, the, the modeling company, has contracts with different businesses, right? So I'm going to give you 10 of my models to use. You pay me X amount of dollars. And you can basically do whatever you want with these images. That's how a lot of these modeling industry contracts work. So I don't know if the mother did that type of contract or if she specifically signed off on, uh, on, on this, her son being used for this particular advertising. I'm pretty sure it didn't work that way. But at the end of the day, man, there's a lot more important things going on. I mean, there are, there are. I mean, and I have a real problem with us as a people. I mean, as I told you earlier, there's a veteran literally about to, I've been on the air now for about an hour. There's a veteran, at two, multiple, many veterans have killed themselves since I've been talking. A veteran is, is, uh, kills themselves once every 20 minutes for lack of support, for lack of um, support from our government. That's, that's bigger than anything. There are homeless people. We had a, a freak, it was, Minus six degrees here, uh, many nights, you know what I'm saying, here in Philadelphia. I don't know what it was where you live. Different people, different parts of the world, different parts of the country, listen. I don't know what, how cold it was. I know here in Philly, it was cold. There are people sleeping on the ground right now. There are people without food. There are people dying of AIDS and cancer. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. That little black boy got paid for that campaign. Yes, there's an agenda because, you know what I mean, but what else is new? What else is new out here? You didn't know that we live in a racist country? You didn't know that half of these racist corporations that support 
the, the same presidents that you want to endorse, you know what I'm saying, you didn't know that they were racist? Come on, you knew that. You know where you live. You don't want to be living in a racist environment and move out of the United States. Go live in Costa Rica somewhere. Go live in Africa. If you if you if you don't want to deal with racism, we live in one of the historically most racist countries in the world, if not the most racist. So if you don't want to deal with this type of stuff, you don't want a racist president. If you don't want to see racist advertisers, get the heck out of here. Otherwise. Continue doing what you do to be a blessing in the lives of others the same way I am. I'm not worried about what H&M is doing. You you feel what I'm saying? I don't shop there. I don't care about what they got going on. I'm a mentor for young boys. I'm a mentor for boys that look like the guy on the sweatshirt. I'm the one in the classrooms teaching these boys, hey, look, it doesn't matter what they call you. It doesn't matter what they say about you. You're a king. You can be and do whatever you want to do in life. How many of y'all are complaining about H&M, but you've never been a mentor in your life? That's what we need more of. Get out here in the streets. Get out here in the communities. Do some community service. Feed, your, feed the homeless. You know, clean up your neighborhoods. Tell these young kids, these young black girls, you don't need to dress like Cardi B or Nicki Minaj or be a hoe like Beyonce prancing around half naked. Tell these little girls they can, they can do better. Don't just sit back and complain about Donald Trump and complain, oh, this is racist, this is that. Come on. Y'all don't see me complaining about stuff like that because I'm actually too busy out here in the community trying to make a difference. We got kids out here. I said online uh, last week, we got kids out here. I said, including Trayvon Martin, they are sipping lean, getting high off of loud. You guys know what lean and loud are? These are drugs. These are two of the most popular drugs. You know what I'm saying? These kids are getting high. When Trayvon Martin was, uh, was, was killed, the uh, toxicology report showed that he had lean in his system when he died. Now, I'm not blaming him. I'm not bashing him. I'm not, but I'm just using that as an example because these kids, I see it, these kids are getting high. They are listening to these rappers. They are, you know, looking at what they're doing. They're emulating it. They don't have parents and mentors and people that love them in their homes, so they're turning to these celebrities as for guidance, and the problem with that I, that I have is we as a black community, we want to act like the president is the worst, whoever's in office, whether it's Bush, Obama, Trump, whoever, we want to act like the office of the president is the one out here killing and robbing and raping, you know, and, and drug dealing. You know, they want to act like these cops are, are killing us at these alarming rates. I'm like, you, uh, alarming rates? What the heck are you talking about? I said the amount of officer and police-involved shootings is a fraction. It's a small fraction. It's not half. It's not even a quarter. It is a small fraction of, of the amount of black men that are killed through gun violence in this country. The amount of police killing us is a fraction of that. Who do you think is the vast majority of these murders? I'll give you a few seconds. Although you probably don't need it. Guess what? It's us. We, black men, are out here killing black men. Black boys are out here killing black boys. It's ridiculous. Here in Philadelphia the other day, a black boy, black kid, stabbed somebody with an altercation on a scepter bus, which is our public transportation system here in Philly. He stabbed him in the eye with a screwdriver. First of all, 
why do you have a screwdriver? You know what I mean? Like, what are you even doing walking around with a screwdriver? Secondly, why are you stabbing someone in the eye with it? You know what I mean? But let a police officer shoot that same boy, <clears throat> the same victim, and it's national news. It's like, come on, man. We gotta, we gotta stop this. I'm sorry, I wasn't. I was stabbed him in the face. It got him in the lip. Excuse me. You know what I'm saying? But it's like you're still stabbing someone with a screwdriver. We live in a culture where the most popular black artists, okay, you got 21 Savage, Young Thug, uh, Little Uzi, uh, you know, who? I mean, who? Little Pump. I'm just throwing names out here, these freaking weirdos, these fruitcakes that get done up the ass by these rich, white, Hollywood pedophiles and, and, and in order to achieve fame and fortune in the industry. And then they, that basically is them subscribing to an agenda of poisoning our youth. All right? That's what, I mean, that's really what happens. That's really how it works. You know what I'm saying? They, they get all weird on you. Um, they sign these contracts. Then they get all weird. They, they go crazy. They make this weird music nowadays. But it's done specifically to influence these kids to, to commit crimes, to kill themselves, to kill others, um, you know, disrespect their parents. Basically do everything that the Bible speaks so much against. You know, that's what we're doing. So we have these this culture. You know, Cardi B, F them, then I get some money. Uh, F them, then I get some money. I heard a little six-year-old girl sing the same song. F them, then I get some money. F them, like, what? Wait, F him, F him, and then I get some money. So, so have sex with him, and then you get money. You get money from after you have sex with him. Now, I'm no genius, right? But that's prostitution. You're rapping, you're glorifying a culture of prostitution, and, and you're the number one artist in the, in, the, in the world, in the country right now, in the black community? You got the number one song in the, in the country right now? You guys ever wonder why all of these people look the same? I mean, just, it's not rocket science, guys. Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, and Cardi B. Do like a little collage with the three of them side by side. They're like throw Lil' Kim in there, but I mean, they, they all look really exactly light skin, long, blonde, fake weave. You know what I'm saying? It's just, and, and they're half naked, and they're singing and rapping about things that are 100% contradictory to the biblical teachings and really just how we, any respectable and responsible parent, should aspire to raise their children. And what everything Beyonce sings about, everything Nicki Minaj raps about, everything Cardi B raps about, 100% contradict anything that any responsible parent would be teaching their child. My daughter is six years old. I would never, ever, ever allow her to listen to, to emulate in, in any way, shape, form, or fashion anything that those artists are putting out there. Yet tons and tons and tons of parents are either oblivious to it or willing participants in it. So that's just the female side. But, you know, the men, again, a culture of sex, guns, gangs, and drugs, and we're mad and we're focused on H&M, a store that most people don't even shop at. 
Well, some people didn't even know ancient sites. There are much more important things that people are not even talking about. I could see that people were talking about everything. But a lot of people aren't even talking about the problem with this, this, the music and these artists and these drug dealers and these future strippers will be spying down poles in a few years. It's ridiculous. So that's, that's what I'm passionate about. Like I said, you guys can keep being, you know, passionate about H&M and Colin Kaepernick when in reality these are millionaires. Colin Kaepernick is a millionaire. Go on his Instagram page. Go on some and don't get me wrong. He does a lot. Not, I have no problem. Let me be clear about this. I have no problem with Colin Kaepernick whatsoever. I respect what he's doing. He has sacrificed his NFL career uh, for a cause that he believes in. So I would never have a problem with someone who who is, is passionate about an issue and they take action behind that issue. I would never I would never have a problem with that. I respect what he's doing actually. His career is over. Be clear about that. He has made a conscious decision to sacrifice his NFL career to be a civil rights activist. I have no problem. That's his decision. What I have a problem with is people who don't understand that. They don't understand how that works. Colin Kaepernick seems to be at peace. He's not out here complaining. He's not out here, you know, mad, walking around, you know, being pissed off. He's a millionaire. He's sitting up in a jacuzzi somewhere right now, driving his Rolls Royce. He's a multi-millionaire. I do not people and people are. It's amazing. People feel sorry for him when they're homeless people on the street. It is a, it's, it's one of the most amazing things I've ever uh, experienced in my life. I could give a damn about Colin Kaepernick. He is chilling in a in a, in, a, in his, a mansion, driving a Rolls Royce, a Ferrari, and whatever else he wants to do. Okay, he's not starving. He hasn't known his wrong. Tend on his wrong. His family. He lives a great life. Okay, he has a book coming out. No one should feel sorry for him, okay? He made a decision to sacrifice his NFL career. He's not stupid. He knew it by doing all that stuff. He probably, nobody would be feeling that. When you have a certain job, when you have a certain position, you have to make a decision. I, just, I made a decision with this show a long time ago. I said, you know what? My, my goal here with this show, I said, you know what? I want to help women, okay? I want to give unfiltered, unadulterated, real, biblically-based in dating and relationship advice. That ain't popular. I said doing that will basically eliminate any chance of commercial and financial uh, success. That's not to say I don't do well at what I do, but to be on a certain level, you know what I mean? Where you're where you're making a lot, a lot, a lot of money from giving you know advice like a Steve Harvey or other people. You can't you can't do what I do. This you gotta you gotta kind of water it down. You gotta give that sure code advice. I don't expect redefining greatness, the virtuous woman. That ain't gonna be you know. Oh, I mean people are gonna buy it, but don't get it twisted. But people are not gonna flock to it the way other they have other things because you know what I'm saying it's it's gonna hurt. Oh, be clear. Just like my these shows hurt, hit, they hit you in the gut. The book is everything you would think it would be. It's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy, and it's gonna make you uncomfortable. People don't flock to things that make them uncomfortable. I say all that to say, Colin Kaepernick made a lot of people uncomfortable, so he should know and does know that because he's making them rich white folk uncomfortable, they don't 
want him in his locker in their locker room. His career is over. It's a wrap. So, you know what I'm saying? Like we we as as intelligent people, we got to understand that it's over. If I get up and you know, I mean, it's consequences to everything. I respect his decision, but it's a wrap. So deal with it. He's dealt with it. So it's, now it's time for everyone else to deal with. It. You know what I'm saying? People say, oh, wait, somebody, the Eagles should sign him or whoever, different other people should sign him. Sign him for what? First of all, he's not a superstar quarterback. It's not like he, he absolutely has to be on somebody's team. You know what I mean? He's not a superstar. He's not really that good anymore. Um, aside from that, though, if you do sign him, you're going to get, you're going to alienate a large part of your audience, a large part of your, your, your you know, the people who are buying these tickets. That's not to say this is business. That's just, you know what I'm saying? You got to make, you got to ask yourself, is that what you want to do? That's not to say it's not the right thing to do, but is that what you want to do? If you're a businessman, if you're an owner of a team, do you, do you want to take a 25% hit on your ticket sales and have a large portion of your fan base mad at you? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to ask yourself that question. Do you want to insert someone mid-season into your locker room that no matter what's going to happen, with him on the field, it's going to be a media frenzy off the field. The, the attention that he would bring to any team would absolutely be a distraction. Again, that's not to say that someone might not be willing to deal with that and it wouldn't be the right thing to deal with that. But as an owner, as a coach, do you want to deal with that? The time, the reps, and I mean, the practices that he would get is, you know what I'm saying? Would you rather invest that in him, and would the reward be worth it, or would it make more sense to invest in your younger talent? These are all questions that a, 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 a general manager, an owner, a coach need to ask, and if I was an owner, a coach, or a general manager, the answer would absolutely be not at all. It's easy for someone to sit in a room behind a computer, and, oh, yeah, you know, Minnesota Vikings should sign Colin Kaepernick because you don't have anything invested in it. You can't tell. Listen, I'm not the type of person. I hate when people try to tell other people how they should spend their money. You cannot tell people how to spend their money. Yes, I can be like, all right, whatever, you know, it would be nice if you signed them, but you're not the one behind closed doors crossing off the X's and the O's. I like to buy and sell cars. I'm a car dealer as well as a lot of things, other things that I do. So I can't, you can't tell me, hey, you, sh- you should buy that car. No, you should spend that amount for that. No, I'm, I'm going to buy the car that I think I can get the best return on my investment on. Now, that, you might feel different, but at the end of the day, whose money is it? Whose business is it? Now, we can talk about it, but at the end of the day, that's going to be my decision. Okay? But again, I wish, like I said, I wish Colin Kaepernick the best because I respect him. You, you, don't, you don't see uh, leaders... Oh, I, I would only thing I would like to see from Colin Kaepernick. I would like to see him be a little bit more vocal. You know what I'm saying? He, his movement has, is, is speaking volume, but I would actually like, like if he wants to play, I would actually like to hear him say, "Hey, I want to play. I still have a desire to play football." I, he hasn't really said anything. You know what I'm saying? So I'd like to hear what his views are. Right. So the Golden Globes were uh, this past weekend. And it, it was interesting because, you know, I, I always do a, a show right after the MTV Awards, after, 
the Oscars, the Emmys, you know, a lot of times the Golden Globes. And, you know, I like who I like. Um, It's a lot of times, I'll say a lot of times, it's nice to see African-Americans, you know, take home an award in in recognition for their work. I, I was really glad when Denzel Washington won an Oscar for Glory. I was happy that he won an Oscar, a Best Actor Oscar for Training Day, although I was not ecstatic that that's what he won it for, seeing as though he could have got it, you know, for Malcolm X. He should have got it for Malcolm X. He should have got it for, really should have got it for uh, Training Day. Uh, excuse me, uh, for the hurricane. Uh, ironically, they gave it to Kevin Spacey, who is now, you know, public enemy number one. It's like, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm getting my years mixed up. They gave it to, no, they gave it to Kevin Spacey for uh, American Beauty. But he also was robbed by Al Pacino for Sense of a Woman. I I think that was when he didn't win for Malcolm X, if I'm not mistaken. But my point being is that there is an agenda, you know, obviously, in the entertainment industry to portray us as, drug dealers, whores, sex scenes, um, drug addicts. Um, I was really disappointed when Mahersha Ali won the Oscar for Best, Best Supporting Oscar uh, for Moonlight. I was very disappointed when Moonlight won for Best Picture because that was not the best picture of the year. Uh, he was not the best actor, in, uh, supporting actor that year. It was really a joke. It was a joke because, one, uh, the, uh, the, it was revolved around the story revolved around a, a homosexual, you know, which is obviously an agenda in Hollywood right now. And then two, he played a drug dealer. And, and then three, he did not. He was in the movie a total of like ten minutes. It's like, come on, man, come on, like, come on, let's stop it. Anyone who saw Moonlight, if you're honest with yourself, you know you've seen better movies than Moonlight that did not win Best Picture of the Year. You know that. Just like I know that, and you know that. That was not the best movie of the year. There was no way in hell that movie should have won Best Picture of the Year. I sat there and watched it, watched it with my wife. We said, uh, that's it? Like, okay. That was not, I mean, it was, okay. it was an okay movie, but we all know why that movie won Best Picture. Okay. Don't sit here and tell me you never saw a movie better than Moonlight. You know you have. Now, so, I watched the Golden Globes, and Issa Rae was nominated for her role in Insecure. Now, one of the things, I'll read you what I said on Facebook. I said, I'm actually glad that Issa Rae didn't win the Golden Globe for Insecure because it would have given Hollywood yet another opportunity to push their agenda by rewarding an African-American actress for portraying herself as promiscuous and insecure with low self-esteem and questionable morals. Our black women deserve much better than constantly being seen as nothing more than a jump off. Okay? Now, if you have seen Insecure, it's an entertaining show. I binge-watched it with my wife. We watched it. We watched both seasons. I came back and I gave you probably the most valuable information about dating and relationships using that show as a backdrop that really you'll ever hear. Listen to those shows, and you tell me um, if there's something positive 
about that. Now, aside from what she represents, aside from what that show represents on HBO with that, um, Issa Rae is a talented individual. She, From what I understand, she is a writer for the show. She is a producer. She is obviously an actress. And, you know, I mean, she's a good actress. She's very talented. But I would like to see now that there is this push to have more African-American women on television, well, let, let's have some African-American women on television that actually respect their bodies, that actually would be classified a good role model for young black girls. I mean, why is that so hard? I mean, I know why it's, not, why it's hard because that's not what they want. That's not what their agenda is. But why is it hard for us as a people to do what we did historically 20, 30 years ago when, when we demanded more of those roles? We were sick of this stuff. So what we they put on the, the, uh, the, the Cosby, they put on a different world, Will Smith's show, um, you know, Damon Wayans had a show, D.L. Hughley had a show, uh, uh, Family Matters. Uh, parenthood with uh, uh, what's his name? I forget his name. You know what I'm saying? Like there was, I mean, think look at all those shows I just named you, and there are, there are tons more. Good times. There are tons more that showed African American women as educated, as professional, but as, as as Christian women, as respectable women. Not you know, not like these women, like Olivia Pope getting smashed off. Not like Issa Rae being a whore. You know what I'm saying? An adulterer, um, you know, the have and have not. Like, there's so many shows, Viola Davis, when they're being an adulterer. Like, every black woman is an adulterer. And all I'm saying is that I'm glad that Issa Rae did not win the, the Golden Globe Award because it would have publicly uh, affirmed what they're doing, what Hollywood is doing to, to basically put us back in slave times when the rich white man would be use our women to entertain themselves sexually as well as just, you know, visually. That's always been the agenda. It's continued to be the agenda. Uh, and so that's not to say that she's not a good actress, but I would like to see more. Show- I mean, really, there are no shows. I mean, with the exception of maybe Blackish, which has its own issues in and of itself, but um, Blackish is really one of the only shows that shows a stable black family. You know what I'm saying? Like a a a, a, a man, a woman with kids, and the woman is not out there being like a you know some type of slut. That's I mean, really, if you know more, let me know. What other shows really show the black family in in such a high uh, stable level. It's really not a lot. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Like I said before, I could name these 10 off the top of my head. But at this point, you know what I'm saying? We got Love and Hip Hop. You got Love and Hip Hop New York, Love and Hip Hop Miami, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Black Ink Crew, everyone's fighting, and Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like, that's what we see more than anything. You see black women running around, jumping over tables, throwing drinks, being buffoons. Y'all mad at H&M, but we're the real monkeys. We the ones jumping around like apes and, and baboons, throwing drinks, fighting, carrying on, cussing. I mean, what you, what you expect? 
That's how they view us. All we do is affirm what they, how they already look at us, you know? And, and, he, and these aren't, I mean, think, I mean, really think about it. We're mad at H&M, but we love all the ratchet TV. Mona Scotty, you think she's running around mad at H&M and all these celebrities mad at H&M? How you mad at H&M when you, you're the producer of the ratchet show showing us like monkeys and apes and baboons? That's the craziest. That's why I don't complain about none of this stuff because we, we bring it on ourselves. I just sit back and look like, wow, that's crazy. But uh, shout out to Sterling K. Brown. Um, you know, I haven't really been familiar with his career too much, um, but he is an actor on This Is Us, which, you know, my wife watches. I don't, I don't watch it. I, I saw maybe one episode. You know, he's a good actor. Like, I can tell he gives good performances on the show, so I really had no problem with him you know, winning uh, the the actor or the you know the award for his acting on This Is Us. From what I understand, it's a you know an entertaining show. Um, you know, it kind of is what it is. Shout out to him. You know, what what else should I talk about today? There's a lot of stuff going on in in the uh, entertainment industry. Uh, Umar Johnson has been in the news. Uh, there's been some questions uh, about his. Not whether or not he's a doctor, but whether or not he is licensed to practice, I think, practice clinical psychology, I believe, is what the dispute is. So if you guys are familiar with him, I would, uh, you know, if you've been following that case, I would love to direct you to what, what I believe to be and what people are telling me is his realest interview ever on this show, on my show. Um, if you missed my interview, which, which I did some research, is actually my highest-rated show in, in, in my entire history. Uh, a lot of people listen to that show, so thank you for that. A lot of downloads, things like that. So uh, check it out. Just Google Umar Johnson on the Daydon Talbert Show. It should come right up, um, and you can, you can listen in. I had him on my show for about two hours, and it's interesting because I don't want to, you know, it, it seems like there were some things that were said on my interview that are now being contradicted I don't want to say, you know what I mean? I'll just say listen, and you listen for yourself. You know what I mean? You tell me what you think. But like I said, it was about a two-hour interview, and I asked him every question you could think of, his views on the black church, his views on his school that he's building, the money he's raised, where it's at, what it's being used for. Uh, We talked about politics. We talked about love, you know, dating and relationships and, you know, black women and um, why many of them are having issues you know, finding love. So check out the interview. Um, you know, if I understand that the, the trial was this past week, and not sure if there was a verdict or not, uh, to be quite honest with you, I really don't care. But if, but if you care, you know, check it out and you know, follow it. I, I really could care less. Um, there was – I want to talk about uh, briefly a – you know, the, the, the YouTube video from the, the woman in church giving the testimony out of, yeah, I see that there's a, a, a woman who doesn't appear to be, you know, kind of, you know, in her right mind, but she was giving a testimony and it's going viral. And basically she was talking about how she's been delivered and basically it's a testimony talking about how far she's come, but she was very vocal about where she was and what she, the types of things that she was doing. She said she was coming, you know, giving oral sex and things like that. And, you know, they show the pastor taking the microphone away from her. 
And the and the question is, you know, should he should he have done that? Was he being insensitive? And uh, I mean, my thoughts on it are are mixed. You know, I feel like, you know, I'm always leery. If you notice, a lot of big churches don't give people the mic for that very reason. You usually only see that from smaller churches, so you really can't control what they're going to say. But, I mean, on one hand, she was given her truth. That was her testimony um, about where she had been, what God had maybe delivered her from. But at the same time, as a pastor, you have to also preserve the integrity of your church. And, you know, you you can't allow people to be but so descriptive about certain things. So I don't have a problem with him taking the microphone. But I do have a problem with um, – I mean, to be I don't have a problem with anything. He did what he felt like he needed to do. I'm not going to judge him for doing what he did in his church. But it would seem like he could have been a little bit more uh, compassionate to her, you know what I'm saying, because she's obviously not in her right mind. Um, it just kind of – he took it and basically walked away, like, get out of here, like, cast her off. Like, like she had did something wrong, you know what I mean? And I don't think you can – you can't do that. Uh, to your parishioners, you know, um, when they're just there to share their their truth. Um, so that's my that's my thoughts on that. Um, Genuine is also in the news. Genuine, uh, formerly of the super group, super R and B group T, uh, was it T Beat or T G T? Uh, Tyrese, Genuine, and Tank. Um, evidently, Genuine is on. Big Brother UK, and you know he's you know catching some some fire under some taking some heat for his uh, his uh, refusal to kiss a a a man that classifies himself as a transgender. Okay, if you guys don't know me, just for newer listeners, people who are maybe new to the Day Don Tolbert Show in 2018, I don't. I don't subscribe to that transgender crap. I mean, the, the gay stuff, the homosexuality, that's one thing. But I'm not, uh, if you are, you know, if you're a man, you're a man. I'm not going to call Bruce Jenner she. I'm never going to call Bruce Jenner Caitlyn Jenner. I'm never, ever going to refer to a transgender person as a she. Transgender man is a she. And vice versa, and I could be, I could just, you know, I, obviously I will be viewed as being politically incorrect. I don't care if it's twenty years from now. I don't care if it's, you know, when it gets to the point where it's transgenderism is as accepted socially and politically as homosexuality is. I will still be the same. Okay, I will not. I promise you that there will be no flip flop. There will be no evolving the way Hillary Clinton claims to. Way Barack Obama claims that you know their views have evolved. No, no. I, my views are biblically based, and I'm not perfect. But there's certain things I you know right is right and wrong is wrong. Am I always right? Absolutely not. But I'm not going to try to tell you something is right that the Bible says is wrong. All right, and that's just how I feel about this. Um, but yeah, no, he's not genuine or anybody else is not wrong for not kissing someone. Period. You don't have to kiss anyone, but you're definitely not wrong as a man, a straight man, for not wanting to kiss a freaking pervert that classifies themselves as a transgender. It's ridiculous. And we need more real men to stand up for this foolishness. I'm seeing too many people who claim to be Christians 
that just sit back and scream, Oprah 2020, oh, I love Obama. I wish Obama could get another four years. But when they sit back and ignore these agendas that they're pushing, I don't care who Obama is. I don't care who Oprah is. If you're pushing an agenda that contradicts with my spiritual beliefs, guess what? I cannot and will not support you, period. If that means that I'll vote for Donald Trump, if that means that I'll vote for Marco Rubio or or, or freaking Donald Duck, I don't care. I am not – I don't – listen, hell could freeze over before I would support someone that supports transgenderism, abortion, homosexuality, pushing this gay agenda. Hell would freeze over before I would support anyone politically who supported those things. Okay? And, and listen, that's my views. I don't, you know, you feel how you feel, but those are my views. And, you know, I, I could care less who has a problem with that. And I think we need more people who, right or wrong, are willing to stand up for their beliefs and their opinions, not just sit silently because it's, you know, it's, it's unpopular. That's, yeah, that's how I feel about the whole genuine situation. One thing that I will, um, and I'm not into the whole, you know, celebrity gossip and this and that. You guys know me. That's not what this show uh, is about or has ever been about. But what I do like to do is, you know, t- teach a lesson when possible with, when, when looking at some of these situations. Um, you know, this whole Tamar, Braxton, and Vince situation is very interesting. Um, I've watched a few of the seasons. And, you know, they had a very toxic relationship. So it's certainly not a surprise to me that, um, you know, that they uh, broke up, uh, you know, or, or divorced. But it's interesting that from what, from what Tamar is saying, Vince has someone else pregnant, um, which, I, like I said, I don't know if that's true or not. It doesn't really matter to me. But what I will say about that is, you know, ladies, and a lot of this is going to be in my new book, but, and a lot of this you guys have already heard, but certain situations that you see pop up kind of confirm. It's like when, you are not, when you're not happy in a situation, when you know you're being taken advantage of, when you know that, you know, you're in a relationship or a situation that is not what God has for you, it's best to just walk away with your head held high and your dignity intact um, before things, you know, get super bad, before you get things like, you know, babies and different things like that. You know what I mean? Like don't. If you know you're emotionally unavailable, uh, you shouldn't be dating. You should be healing. If you know you're hurting, if you know you, you, know, I mean, you have baggage from past situations, don't even try to bring someone else into that situation because it's only going to end uh, in a similar fashion. Um, you know, if you, I, and so I would just, just walk away. Um, <clears throat> one, of, one of the last things I wanted to talk about tonight, and I'm not going to get to all of these, uh, today, but I mentioned earlier, I wanted to talk briefly about, um, you know, just how to have love. You know, like you know, we we've seen the bad. A lot of you have experienced the bad in dating and relationships. But what can you do differently in 2018 to have a different result? Um, one of the things that I I would say would be social media. All right, now social media is not the end all and be all, but you know, I look around social media and I, I see a lot of different things, whether it's Facebook, Instagram. Um, now now the new thing is Facebook Live, Instagram Live. You got women just literally 
you know, they get on live and they're half naked to start off. They act like, oh, yeah, so I just got out the shower, so I'm going to go ahead and cook something. But I'm going to talk to you guys while I cook. And meanwhile, they're, like, in a bathrobe and, they're like, the breasts hanging out. It's like, come on. Like, you know, oh, yeah, let's read some comments. And in the comments, the guys are like, yeah, show me your boobs. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like open your, right? It's like blatantly disrespect, allowing themselves to be blatantly disrespected just for likes. And it's like, tag. So one of the things that I would say is the best and most confident women, they don't need to fish for compliments on social media. You know, we see, like, you, you see a, a post, you know, she'll be, like, half naked or her boobs will be exposed. And it'll be like, oh, yeah, do you like my outfit today? It's like, come on. If you're classy, when you're respectable, you don't have to fish. You don't have to I- I- inquire uh, you know, basically beg people to tell you how beautiful you are. It's ridiculous. And, and the only thing that's worse than these women posting these thirst, tra- thirst trap photos and videos is the men underneath them. I hate those guys. I, I really hate them. I mean, like, you guys have seen them. Like, the guys, just go click on one of these Instagram models and then, like, read the comments. Like, the guys, like, telling them how beautiful they are how sexy they are and what they would do. I really hate them with the passion. Uh, it's like, dad, you're, you're enabling them. You know, you're, you're like a weirdo. You're a loser stalking these women, telling them how, how beautiful they are. It's like, come on, man. You, and the irony, the irony, the ultimate irony uh, with all of this stuff is that those men would never, ever wife up any of these women, ever. It, it's it's all being done with a specific purpose of of sex, or the idea and the thought, in the hope of getting sex. That's all it's about. It's not oh I, I like you or oh you know I'm interested in dating you. You know what women need to understand is that sexy bodies, you know what I'm saying, beautiful bodies, big butts, big like all that stuff. You know it, it's temporary. You know. So that, that's one thing. Uh, another thing uh, as far as having love online, or excuse me, finding love uh, in 2018 is if you're online, it, you, you need to understand that, you know, a lot of these guys will try to act like social media is not a big deal to them. They will try to act like they're not into it. One thing you need to realize, ladies, is that and I've said this for years, is that, if a man isn't publicly claiming you, then he's privately playing you, okay? And what that means is that when a man truly loves a woman, when a man is really interested in a woman, you know, your Facebook page is really, at the end of the day, it's going to be consisted of, or it's going to consist of your family, your friends, a lot of times your coworkers, your, you know, people who are close to you. So if, if you – and if, if those are, the, those are going to be the people who will most likely be at your wedding, um, you know, be at these functions, these family functions, if you have a, a – if you're in a situation where a man is really avoiding putting you out there to his social media community at all costs, that should tell you something. There's a chapter in my new book, Redefining Greatness, the Virtuous Woman's Guide to Love, there's an entire chapter on dating 
uh, red flags, social or dating red flags, and then specifically social media red flags. You guys are going to be very interested in that chapter, ladies. It's also have every question, the answer to every question you would ever want to know about what red flags to look for when dating, you know, and specifically when dating, uh, you know, on social media. You know, I got the I got the chapter on there how to, you know uh, uh, how how to recognize when a man is on the DL. It's a lot of fruitcakes out here. A lot of you know how to avoid that. Uh, so like I told you earlier in the beginning of the show, if you guys tuned in late, my new book is going to be the most comprehensive dating and relationship book ever written. Here, I'm not even hyping. I'm just telling you that's just what it is. It's, it's like a super book. Every question will be answered. Nothing will be left out. It will 100% be a guide to finding love when you are a virtuous woman. It will even tell you how to become a virtuous woman. So look out for that. But aside from that, you know, ladies, you, you got to stop having sex. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's not just for the ladies, but that's, again, for the ladies if you want love in 2018. We live in a society where we're seeing more and more sex. Um, friends with benefits, you know, situations are rampant. Everything is, is – uh, you know, it's sex. It's all about sex. It's it's the illusion of sex. It's actual sex. It's sexting. Um, it, it is more popular than ever. Um, so if if you want love because you want love, you gotta eliminate that type of of, of stuff. Um, you know, sex is one of those things. Now it's like these men will chase it and chase it and chase it and chase it. But when they get it, they move on. And 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 unfortunately. Society tells us that tells women that once the sex happens is when everything starts. It's like, okay, wow, we had sex, so now we're together. Now we're all bonded. Now we're closer, and now we can really start building on something significant because now we've you know we've crossed that that threshold. Whereas with men, it's literally the exact opposite. It's oh, now that we've had sex, it's on to the next conquest. And now me and you, we have nothing. Whereas women are thinking we're starting something, men are thinking, oh, no, that's the end of it. So you, you, to avoid that, you really, really, really have to uh, avoid sex. You got to, at all costs, keep your sexual number low. You know what I'm saying, ladies? You, you got to, this is 2018. You can't keep racking up the, the, you know, these sexual partners. Because at the end of the day, that's like buying stuff and buying and buying and buying on credit, you know, and it's going to mess up your credit. You don't want to have a messed up uh, sexual history. And so just, just really take that off the table. And not only will you, like I said, you'll, you'll be disease-free, STD-free, you'll have a lower sexual number. But aside from that, you will, when you, when you let men know, well, then obviously you have a better relationship with God. Um, and, and in doing that, you will eliminate a lot of the headaches. You will eliminate a lot of the jokers out here who are specifically seeking sex, right? I mean, it's like if you tell somebody straight up, like, yo, I'm not, I'm not sleeping with you, and if their number one goal is sex, and in their mind they know that she's serious about it. Like someone will tell you that, but they're not serious. But if they know, nah, she's, she's serious, she's a Christian, She's abstinent. She's celibate. I'm not hitting that. What what reason is there to stick around? So from that, now a lot of women, this is where the self-esteem issues come in. A lot of women have a fear of being alone. A lot of women have insecurities that say, well, 
if I'm not putting out, if I'm not pleasing him sexually, then he won't want me emotionally. And so a lot of women feel like they need to have sex with a man just to gain and hopefully keep his interest, but that's, that's a lie straight from the, the pits of hell. And that's an, another chapter that I deal with in the book is how to deal with sexual temptation. You know what I mean? How to overcome the fears and the lies uh, of the enemy. And so all, like I said, all that's in the book. And, and, and um, just know that you don't have to continue sleeping with these guys uh, to have them be interested in you. Right? One of the things I said online, and this, I, I posted this in a lot of different groups. There's a huge debate going on in one of these, these sex groups. I said, what? They not? What? You said you in a sex group. Yeah, see, see I, I, I go in there. That's what I do. See, I, go, I just got kicked out of a group over the weekend. It was fun. See, I go into these groups, these sex groups, not, not sex groups, but like these secular groups um, with like 100,000 members, 200,000 members, 20,000 members, and I'll post the same advice from a biblical perspective, and they'll go crazy. Like, they will attack and attack and attack and attack me. It's really kind of fun for me. That's from my life. She's like, dang, why are you, why are you just, like, starting trouble? He's like, yeah, I do. But it's like, for me, spreading a biblical message is not trouble. You know what I mean? I don't care where it is. I don't care if it's this show. I don't care if it's my own page. I don't care if it's in some of these, these secular groups. I'm going to say that. I'm going to just copy and paste. I'm copying and pasting stuff that I've said over the last 15 years. But they attacked me and attacked me and attacked me. I said online, I said, great fathers teach their daughters to respect their body and to not be anyone's friend with benefits. And they are they're like going crazy right now. They're like, oh, my gosh, how can you say that? You know what I mean? Like, well, what do you mean? So you're, what are you saying, Dana? Are you saying that if, I, if I'm horny, I can't just have sex with somebody? You know, but a man can have sex with somebody when he's horny? What, what does that make him, Dana? It makes him a hoe. Well, what does that make me? It makes you a hoe. Like, I'm not going to, like, if you sleep around, well, and you're promiscuous, and that's a hoeish lifestyle. That, that, that's, not, that's not a gender-specific term, you know, but it's, it is what it is. And they just one one administrator. They just kicked me out and they said, "No, nah, you got to go." I'm like, "That's cool." There's a, there's a million other groups out there. And in fact, I tell you guys all the time. That's how the Friends of the Dayton Tolbert Show group was actually formed. You know, it was from me getting kicked out of some of these secular groups that were really opposed to hearing a Christian, you know, a real life Christian message regarding dating and relationships. And if you look at it, it's really not a lot of that out there. It's kind of like one or the other. If somebody gives relationship advice, it's like, okay, it's of a, 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 a worldly nature, right? You see these guys, everybody wants to give advice now, but it's of a worldly nature. Then you got other people who want to preach to you, but they're not even, they're not even in, a lot of times, most times, they're not even in touch with what's really going on out here in dating and relationship. They never lived this stuff. So whereas you have me, I've been there and done that. I'm giving it from a, I'm giving real advice, but from a biblical standpoint, which is really, you know, unprecedented in today's society. And so that's what, I'm, that's what you can expect from uh, the new book, uh, Redefining Greatness, The Virtuous Women's God's Love, and uh, just, you know, here on the show, what I've been uh, doing pretty much forever. So I got, I got more, uh, more of these, more of these little tidbits on how to find love. I'm going to save them, though. All right? I'm going to save them. I don't want to run out of time. That got me out here talking nonstop, but 
what I want to do is, like I said, I'm going to come back uh, every Thursday at 12 o'clock. Like I said, and maybe even sometimes I'll be getting an itch. So I might come back and hit you all with a Friday show. Sometimes I may hit you with a, with a Monday show. You know what I mean? We'll see. But definitely look forward to uh, a, a new broadcast every Thursday at uh, 12 o'clock. And, um, you know, again, look out for my new book, um, Redefining Greatness, The Virtuous Woman's Guide to Love. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel because I'm doing more videos. I did a few videos over the last few weeks on, uh, on different topics, so check it out, youtube.com slash askdaydon. Uh, you can also follow me on Facebook, uh, follow me on Instagram. Both are at Daydon Tolbert, like the, uh, the Tolbert Relationship Counseling page. And lastly, if you guys have any, you know, if you want counseling, email me, inbox me, askdaydon at gmail. And, uh, you know, as always, I thank you guys for, uh, for listening in. I'll see you next time.
Shall the date on October 